You are listening to the Baseball in the Burrows podcast, where myself, Tyler Smith, and Noah Broderick talk about baseball with a pretty bad microphone. Time to listen to a 20-second GarageBand clip to make the transition into the episode a little less awkward. Today's episode of the Baseball in the Burrows podcast is a little different as myself and Noah are joined by a special guest, Robert Pimpsner, who is the creator of the Pinstripe Prospects website, a website that covers all types of Yankee prospects from AAA all the way down to low A ball and rookie ball. Uh, we were very fortunate to have him on the show. He was nice enough to come on last Saturday and talk some baseball and Yankee prospects with us. So yeah, thank you for listening and let's get into the interview with Robert. So joining us on the podcast, we have Robert Pimpsner. He is the creator of the website Pinstripe Prospects. Follow them over on Twitter at Pinstripe Pros. Robert, first of all, how are you? And just to tell our listeners, uh, why don't you talk a little bit about the website, a little bit about yourself and how you got things started up with the Yankees prospects? Sure. Uh, thank you for having me on, uh, first. And uh, tell you guys a little bit about Pinstripe Prospects. I found Pinstripe Prospects in 2014. Uh, with the goal to provide complete coverage of the Yankees minor league system from uh, top to bottom. And, you know, there's uh, so many Yankees prospects in the organization. The Yankees is an organization that right now has about 320 players under minor league contract. That's guys not on the 40-man roster. And, uh, you know, that's quite a bit of quite a bit of guys. And the Yankees system is one of the most unique ones where really deep, there's guys that we rank in the 90 to 100 range that if this was another organization, they'd be top 50 prospects. Uh, the way I got started, actually, I've been covering the Yankees minor league system since the end of the 20, uh, 2002 season. Uh, I started full-time in 2003 covering Yankees prospects for another site I had created called babydenchbombers.com. And uh, from there, I ended up working with uh, Baseball Digest, Gotham Baseball, a few other places, uh, and then I went and founded Pinstripe Prospects in 2014 uh, to really showcase what I believe my own prospect coverage should be, complete top-to-bottom top to bottom coverage, whether it's uh, the foreign rookie leagues to AAA and major league baseball, just really tell these guys stories and bring these guys to the fans, because there's a lot of guys that do not know about it that are playing minor league baseball that are representing the Yankees and that you should know about is there. They could be coming up soon. That's awesome, Robert. I didn't realize that you've covered the Yankees since 2002. That's uh, that's really impressive. And then you've obviously seen a lot of greats come through the system and a lot of greats uh, transcend to the big leagues and uh, see their career start and maybe even finish at this point. And um, I'm curious to just ask quickly, you said that you founded your website in 2014. So was that when Judge was in AAA and like Sanchez and all those baby bombers? How much of those guys did you get to see and see them grow? Judge was in Class A at the time. Oh, okay. Gotcha. So Judge was drafted in 2013. He sat out 20, the 2013 season due, due to a, uh, I think it was a hamstring injury, if I remember correctly. He's always hurt. <laughs> He's always hurt, um, unfortunately. Well, Judge was actually originally supposed to play in Staten Island in 2013. And then um, he, uh, because of the, the injury, they, they sat him for the rest of the season. And then he eventually made his professional debut the following season with the Charleston River Dogs. 
Yeah, but I've, I've seen so many guys come and go over the years, you know, whether it was highly touted prospect or guys that no one knows that ended up making it. But yeah, it's, it's been a fun ride. I, I, I've enjoyed it. So we're going to get into some of the prospects, you know, the main guys we want to talk about. And the first guy I want to bring up is Jason Dominguez. He's a 17-year-old. I don't think he's played any pro ball yet, but I really started doing some research on him recently. And he looks like one of those guys, as cliche as it sounds, he looks like if you're trying to create a superstar in the MLB, just the way he looks and what we've heard about him, he looks like he's already set to become one of the best players in the league. I know he's still 17, has a long way to go, but tell me a little bit about Jason Dominguez. I know you haven't watched him play personally, but Yankee people in the Yankee system and just around the club have talked so much about him. So what is there that our listeners should know about Jason Dominguez? Well, let's just say he's probably the most highly touted international free agent they've signed ever. He's definitely the highest paid international free agent they've ever signed. And what it comes down to is the wingers. You gotta remember he's still a young kid. He still hasn't yet to play a professional game. He's only gotten through a few tricky games in the DR, maybe some instructional games down there. But he hasn't played an official minor league game. And there's a big difference between playing in a tricky league, spring training, or instructional league versus playing in an actual game. Um, we could go through them later, but you know there is a big difference between those types of games. But you know everything I've had told to me personally from guys I trust in the organization is that this kid is for real. He legitimately is one of the best prospects they've ever had in the organization. You know the, the power is for real. The the body is is very mature for his age. He he's still seventeen, so you never know. He's five nine now. There's still time for a growth spur. You know who knows what could happen. Now, when the Yankees acquired Glaber Torres, he was nineteen years old. Uh, in two years, Dominguez is going to be nineteen. And I remember Glaber Torres. I think was the number two or three overall prospect in Major League Baseball at that time. Do you think Dominguez has the chance to be the number one overall prospect? Do you see him in that kind of like Torres range? Do you think he can even be better than him, or like where do you uh, compare those two? I think he, if you're ranking overall prospects, I think by the end of this year he, he's definitely going to be a top twenty of, uh, depending on what happens. A lot's going to be said to see what happens when he gets into actual game competition. Um, I always. When it comes to international prospects, I always warn guys, you got to be careful with what's out there because 90% of information on international prospects is, is typically marketing materials from the trainers down at the DR to get them signed. So you always have to what you hear out of the DR for the great result. That being said, everyone that I've ever talked to about this Dominguez has told me he's the real deal and he's probably the best international signing they ever had. And I'm excited to see what he could do. I'll be heading down to Tampa in the next week or so for minor league spring training because camp opens up this week. And uh, we'll be able to get to see if he's in camp, what he can do in some games against some tough competition. And who knows? A lot of it's going to depend on where they start him. I think you know, he has a good chance to start in Pulaski this year. I kind of hope it's more uh, higher end in the, in the short season Class A level in Sacramento or maybe in Charleston. I think there's a good chance that, you know, he's definitely going to play stateside this year and not have some time in the DR. Gotcha. Well, I'm looking forward to following your Twitter and hearing what you have to report on him. I'm excited for minor league camp to get started up uh, and see some of these guys get regular playing time. I know we saw some guys on the lineup cards uh, playing, you know, seventh, eighth, ninth innings with uh, the big league camp, but some of them are starting to get reassigned. So I think that'll be fun. Uh, so the next guy I really want to touch on <clears throat> is the Yankees' first round pick from 2017. That would be Clark Schmidt. 
Uh, Brian Cashman described him as the Friday night starter uh, at South Carolina, which usually means he's the ace of the staff. Those are the guys pitching those big games. Um, he had Tommy John surgery, we know. Uh, so now he's fully recovered. He's in big league camp, and he's really impressed me just from what I've seen. Uh, Four-pitch mix. I just want to know your thoughts on him and if you think that he could be an adequate fit starter for the Yankees to start this season. I probably would have him in the minors, personally, just to get him uh, some further refinement. You know, he had Tommy John surgery, so he missed his first full year. Uh, he had Tommy John surgery before the draft. I think it was about a month before the draft is when he actually had the surgery. So that's that's important to note because that means they drafted him knowing he had the surgery. And uh, he signed for, uh, I believe it was a below-slot deal uh, that they actually ended up signing a guy in the second round who was projected to be a first-rounder for an above-slot deal as well that year. Schmidt uh, is as advertised. I'm a big Clark Schmidt fan. You know, to me, he's a guy that has the potential to be a number two in the Yankees rotation in the future. And you know, with that said, you know the Yankees' fifth spot you never know what can happen and what's going through the minds of uh, Ryan Cashman and Aaron Boone and everything. But, you know, the Yankees really like Lord Smith, and there's a lot to like there. He's a very, very smart pitcher. He is a student of the game. He studies all the advanced tools, all the advanced analytics. He's very big into all that, and he knows what he's doing when he's out there. And he's a sponge. You know, he's, he's a guy that listens to all of his coaches. He really worked hard. You know, he's a guy that, you know, aside from that Tommy John surgery, he hasn't had any real big injury issues. You know, he was on the IL a couple of times last year, but one of those times was for illness. He was really sick, so they, they put him on the IL so they could clear Ross's spot. And the other time uh, was just recording our reason because he's pitched, pitched the most he's had in, uh, in a while. And, uh, you know, I'm really looking forward to seeing what he could do in 2020. I think it's more likely you'll see him start the season in double A with the Trenton Thunder. But, man, can he pitch. We've seen that nasty breaking ball from him this spring. We've seen that very good uh, 96, 97 mile an hour two seam fastball. I remember when he did that last year, I was sitting in my little camp. A bunch of scouts watch him, and our jaws all just rocked. Seeing this pitch that he had just started throwing a month before the minor camp opened, and it was like he's always throwing, and it was great. And uh, he is definitely a guy that has a big future in the Yankees rotation. I don't think it will be to start the 2020 season. I think he'll be up at some point during the 2020 season, but I think it's more likely that he'll be starting the season down in Double A. You know, I certainly agree just looking at his body of work and like you said, the Tommy John surgery. It's more likely than not he'll start down in double air somewhere in the minors. Another pitcher I want to bring up, a uh, big guy that Yankees fans and people like yourself definitely want to watch and take a look at is Debbie Garcia. You know, he's a guy who's got his fastball sits in like the 94 to 96 range. He's most known for his curveball. And what I've read is he's a changeup that's developing. He's one of those guys where, you know, you look at the Yankees and especially the injuries they have up at the major league club. He's a guy that's potentially fighting for a spot starting on the Yankees, maybe in that rotation. You know, I've seen some talk that he could be using the bullpen, although he had a brief stint in the minors in the bullpen. He wasn't effective. What do you think Debbie Garcia's outlook for the 2020 season is? Do you think he'll start with the club or do you think he'll also start in the minors and likely make his way up to the team at some point in the 2020 season? 
you know, I don't see the Yankees really trying to rush Debbie Garcia. They know what they have in him and they want him to develop and they don't want to, you know, risk hurting his development. We've seen that happen before with guys they've brought up too early, whether it's guys like Jabba Chamberlain or uh, Chase Wright is another good example of, of a guy that was brought up too early uh, to fill need in the, the big league club. You know, Debbie Garcia is a very young pitcher. He's still only 20 years old. You know, he has a fastball that can get up to 98 miles an hour at times. It's usually 93 to 95, 96 in that range with his fastball. That's where he typically sits with the fastball. He's got a really good spin rate on his pitches. You know, his breaking ball is phenomenal. You've seen that already in camp. And uh, the important thing to know is that he only has 111 innings last year in total. And, uh, you know, you really want him to build that up. And the Yankees are really protecting him over the last few years, you know, giving him little by little increases. And this is going to be a very important year for him because I think he has a future of being a, a number three starter in the Yankees in the Yankees starting rotation. But that's why I don't think they're going to rush him, whether they need it at the big league level or not. I think we got plenty of guys ahead of W. that can pitch in the big league level right now and fill in that fifth rotation spot. That's just going to be better off if they send him down to Triple A further refine his delivery, refine his mechanics, refine his pitches, and get those innings. Because we really, I really want to see him get up to 150, 160 innings in 2020 because that's going to put him on a good track for when he eventually does make the majors and stick in the majors because he has a bright future ahead of him. And it's important to know that some fans overhype some guys. Um, everyone I've talked to, when it comes to evaluating Debbie Garcia, we all have him in the same spot. He's a number two, uh, number three uh, starting pitcher. Now, you might say, oh, why wouldn't he be ranked ahead of guys like Mark Schmidt? Well, there's a balance between ranking, between the age of the player, the age against his competition, it was, uh, what he's done in games, how he's developed, as well as the risk factor. You know, a guy like Debbie Garcia doesn't have as much of a risk as a guy like Clark Schmidt, you know, Clark Schmidt has a higher ceiling at a number two pitcher, but Debbie Garcia is a lot less risky and he's more likely to reach his ceiling of a number three starting pitcher in the big leagues. And, you know, a lot of people hop on him because of the size because he's 5'9 and all that's saying, oh, 5'9 short pitchers are not durable. The truth is that is just a lie. The whole short pitchers are not durable is a fallacy that's, just been said that there was no actual evidence against us. There was actually a really good uh, scientific paper analysis done on short pitchers versus total pitchers to see if there really is a durability issue. And the results were there wasn't, was no durability issue. It was just bias that created less of the opportunity for short pitchers. So you really have to keep in mind, not let those biases come in when evaluating a guy like Debbie Garcia, who may be shorter but can still hit the high numbers. Yeah, that's some really great insight. You actually answered my next question. I was going to ask you if you thought that uh, Garcia or Schmidt had the higher ceiling because I always see, like, I've probably looked at probably 10 to 12 different Yankee prospect rankings this spring, and every one is kind of different. One, you'll see Schmidt as the ranked uh, best-ranked pitcher. Another one, you'll see Garcia. There's just a lot of differing opinions, and I agree with you. Uh, that Schmidt might have the higher ceiling, but Debbie Garcia might be a little bit less risk. Uh, so I, I definitely agree with you there. Uh, so then now the last two guys that we really want to touch on um, from a pitching standpoint, 
are two guys in the lower levels of the system. This would be Luis Medina and Rolante Contreras. I'm going to be straight up. I don't know that much about these guys. I just know that they're in the top, you know, 15 to 20 prospects for the Yankees. Medina, I know, has a pretty high ceiling and a big fastball. Um, can you just tell us about those two guys, just anything that you've seen from them and how you project them going forward? Man, Medina could be something. I've, I've been watching for a few years now, and every time in camp, it is, it is when everyone's quiet. Everyone's When he's pitching, everyone's watching. And uh, it, it is something special. When he is on, it is incredibly special. You'll see a guy that's averaging 98, 99 miles up with his fastball regularly. It's very easy. Not as much effort in, in his delivery. Uh, this is a guy that, you know, has the makings of a potential number one starter. Um, but there's so much risk there, so much to can do wrong. A lot of his issues in the minors, if we look at his stats, you know, they, they weren't pretty, but a lot of those issues were purely mental and not, you know, physical, uh, mechanical issues. And, uh, you know, he seemed to turn it around the last year in the last eight starts, and we're all looking forward to seeing what he could do this season because if he keeps up that that change he made last year, man, could he rise up on prospect rankings. This is a guy that has probably one of the best fastballs I've ever seen in my life, and it, it is just special to watch him. I've seen him when he's on. It is amazing. But when he's off, it would be disastrous and uh, and dangerous. It sounds like Dylan Batantis. <laughs> uh, well, Dylan Batantis was uh, was a little bit more. Uh, there was more issues there than uh, than uh, just the fastball and everything. He just he didn't have the pitches to be a starter. Luis Medina has three pitches right now that he could be a starter. He just he needs to work on the mental game and keeping up with the improvements he made at the end of last season. Now, Ronzi Contreras is going to have seen a lot, and I've been very, very high on him. I even ranked him as high as the number three starter, like uh, number three um, prospect in the system last year because we like him that much. Yeah, he's, he's a guy that is very overshadowed by some of the other big arms in the system, like guys like Clark Schmidt, uh, Debbie Garcia, Luis Medina, Luis Heal as well. Like Those guys overshadow Ronzi Contreras, but Ronzi is every bit of star potential as a, as a starting pitcher. I've seen the guy reach as high as 98 miles an hour with his fastball. He has a really good breaking ball, and his changeups coming all along. Like, he had a really good season last year with Charleston. He's going to open up the season down in Class A Tampa, and he'll be Rule 5 out of the season, so they'll have to add to a 40-man protection. But he's a guy that, you know, right now probably could fill in as a potential number three starter uh, in the future, you know, similar to uh, Debbie in that regards, but I think as he matures, there's a good chance to add some more uh, velocity to the basketball. So we'll see where he goes with that. But he's another guy that fans should really keep an eye on. And there's a lot of them throughout the system. A lot of guys that that fans should really keep an eye on. And if I had to, know, like, Ron Zigatras is a, a big favorite of mine, but. Uh, there's just so many, and you could probably make a list of like 10, 15, 20 guys that right, these are potential big big arms for the Yankees in the future. Keep an eye on their development. Well, I think you got me and all of our Yankee fan listener friend, uh, listeners excited uh, talking about the lower levels and some of the upper levels. Uh, this this pitching and the system is going to be uh, really fun for the next future. And new pitching coach, I think it's going to even get better and better. So I'm really excited for that.
And one more question for you, Robert. I know we didn't bring up this prospect when we were talking to you about the guys we were going to discuss, but actually, I don't know if you knew this, but me and Noah both played high school baseball against Anthony Volpe. You know, he's a New Jersey kid. We played against Del Barton High School several times. I know maybe you don't know as much about him just because he was drafted last year. Is there anything you can tell us and some of our local listeners about Volpe? Because he's a guy that a lot of kids that listen to the podcast and people like myself, Noah, we're always going to follow this kid just because we played against him. Anything about uh, what the Yankees think about this kid? Well, I know they're very high on, on Volpe and part of the reason because, you know, he has good makeup. You know, when we say stuff like that, uh, means, you know, you're a good person, listens to his coaches and, you know, he has a good head on his shoulders. So that's one of the big things that Yankees always talk about when they talk about Volpe. The other thing is that he doesn't really have any lagging skills. He's very good across the board, very good average, maybe above average across the board. And that all really came around the last uh, year or so. While the scouts were there to see Jack Lider, they all, were all impressed by Volpe. And, you know, some people would in the past might have called that an overdraft, but. You know, a lot of people were high on, on Volpe coming into the draft, and the Yankees were very high. They had a lot of good looks on him, and, uh, you know, they liked the kid a lot, and I can't wait to see what he can do. Uh, he's one of the guys I'm looking, for, I'm really looking forward to seeing uh, next week while I'm down in Tampa. All right, Robert, so we're going to wrap up the discussion now. Thank you so much for joining us. For those of you who want to follow Robert, it's at rpimpsner. The Twitter for the Pinstripe Prospects is at Pinstripe Pros, Pinstripe Pros, and his website is Pinstripe Prospects. Thank you so much for joining us, Robert. Anytime. Happy to be, happy to be on. As always, thank you for listening to this episode of the Baseball and the Burrows podcast. We love when you guys interact with us. We love having questions and when you guys vote on our polls and whatnot. So to interact with us on Twitter, I am at T Smith Sports. Noah is at Noah Broderick20. And the podcast itself is at BATB Pod. Follow us on there. You'll get your latest news on the podcast. You can ask us some questions. Once again, thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week for the next episode.